0: Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text is the reading from the Gospel according to St. Matthew. In the name of Jesus. Amen. For one brief moment, Jesus looked like who he is. He was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. This kind of thing, the transfiguration, is what you might expect when God becomes man. There was certainly no walking past this man without noticing him. Quite rightly, Peter said, Lord, it is good that we are here. Here, Jesus looks like who he is. And then, after just a few moments, he doesn't. After the Father spoke from heaven, Jesus went back to looking just like he always had, like another regular person. And Jesus wouldn't even let the three disciples tell the others what had happened. The strange reality of Jesus' life is that most of the time, you wouldn't have given him a second thought. I mean, of course, Jesus did a lot of remarkable things. He performed miracles, taught unlike anyone else, He was immensely popular, he often had a crowd following him, but still, he had to walk from place to place, he still had to eat and drink, he got tired and slept. In fact, just a few years before the transfiguration, Jesus was working construction. No one called him rabbi, let alone the Christ, the Son of God. His whole childhood is remarkable for the fact that other than like two stories, we don't know a single thing about it but it was going to get even stranger than this when jesus specifically told the disciples was this tell no one the vision until the son of man is raised from the dead and if jesus was going to be raised from the dead then that also meant that jesus god made flesh was going to die it's not just that jesus walked and talked and slept and ate without looking like god that he did all those things looking instead like us. The most remarkable thing of all is that by the end of the story, the last moment as he's seen in public is that he's finally remarkable because he's crucified. He's a dead man. Then people certainly noticed him for sure when they walked by, not because he was transfigured in glory, but because he was beaten, stripped, and nailed to a cross. And then, six hours later, his body taken down, wrapped up, and put into a tomb. And as far as the world knows, that's the last we've seen of him. Jesus never appeared in public after his resurrection. Only his disciples saw him. He never walked among the crowds again, never went into the temple, never walked in on the chief priests and Pharisees to let them know that they had failed. And if you believe that God knows what he's doing, and you should, then he does all of that on purpose. Jesus didn't forget to show up in public after his resurrection any more than he just forgot to show his radiant glory except for this one time on the mountain. No, Jesus hid his glory on purpose. Jesus stays hidden and sent his disciples to proclaim the transfiguration after the resurrection. And he does that on purpose too. Jesus wants his disciples to see his glory. He wants those who believe in him to know that he has risen from the dead. But as far as the world is concerned, Jesus wants to be known as a failure. Jesus wants to be known as the crucified one, the God who died. Jesus wants to be known as the perfect man who insisted on forgiving and being friends with the most imperfect people of all, the God who stayed awake to pray while his disciples fell asleep, the one whose own followers abandoned him when his enemies showed up. Jesus wants to be known as the creator who gets killed by his own creatures, the one who saved others but could not save himself. And if this is how Jesus wants to be known, then Jesus wants to be known this way because it is what is actually good for you. Jesus wants you to know him in this way so that you can be saved. And yet, for some reason, we, who are his disciples, we who are his very own body, the church, we keep on thinking that Jesus should be known in the world as a success, that everybody should know him in his power and glory. You're all familiar with the football player or you know, some other athlete who thanks and praises Jesus for the victory and how he was able to overcome adversity and succeed. I'm waiting for the player who gives all the praise and glory to Jesus and thanks him When he's lost a game after throwing three pick sixes, that would be a witness. We want the successful Jesus. We want the one who shows up with all of his power and strength, with everything going right. Because we want to be successful. We want to stay up like Peter on the Mount of Transfiguration, not head down to the hill of the cross. We want the church to be popular. We want to be respected for our Christianity. We want our programs to always work and our pews to be full. We always try for success, even though we so often fail. And it can be more than a bit frustrating that Jesus, who could succeed every time if he chose to, ends up on a cross instead. And then he gives that same cross to us, his people, as the very shape of our identity. The reason that we want the successful Jesus. The reason that we don't want the cross to be our identity is that we are driven by fear. We're afraid, afraid to fail, afraid to be broken, afraid to be seen for who we are deep down, afraid to be seen that, yeah, we are sinners. Not just that we say that on Sunday morning because it's part of what's in the bulletin, but because it's actually true. And afraid that if we struggle, sin, suffer, and die, then that means we're going to be lost and that there's no hope. But actually, it's just the other way around. As long as we are successful, as long as everything is going just the way we want it to, we'll never really know God. As long as we've got it under control, or at least as long as we're able to limp by on what we think is our own strength, we're still hiding our faces from God. And even if Jesus stood before us fully transfigured in all his glory, we wouldn't see him, we wouldn't know him. But when we're broken, when we're weak, when we are just plain, old, unremarkable failures, then and there we meet Jesus. For then and there is where he meets us at the cross. It's where he knows us and where we come to know him. You, you are the reason that Jesus comes down from the Mount of Transfiguration and goes to the hill of the cross because he wants you to be with him in the joy of his glory and so he comes to where you already were, in the clutches of sin, the depths of death, tempted and tried by the devil. And the reason that you hear today that you celebrate in the church this Feast of the Transfiguration is because the disciples did tell that story. They did tell the vision because Jesus did rise from the dead. You have been released from all your sins. You have been raised up from death to life. Christ died on the cross and was buried, and then rose from the dead on the third day, defeating death forever. By his weakness, by the cross, he has destroyed every power that was arrayed against you. And so Jesus invites you today to come and know him at the communion of his own body and blood on this altar. Here at the table of the Lord, Jesus invites you to know him as the one who is crucified for you, whose body was given into death for you, whose blood is shed for you for the forgiveness of all your sins. Jesus invites you to come and be in communion with him who is crucified and to come to this communion with other sinners, with others who have no successes to shout to the world, with others who are completely dependent upon the mercy of the Lamb of God. And together being buried with Christ through baptism into his death, you are raised up from death to eternal life. The Jesus who was transfigured is the Jesus who is on the cross. He is the Jesus who is here hidden under bread and wine. He is the Jesus who will be revealed in all that glory on the last day when he who rose from the dead returns to this earth to raise you and all the dead and to bring you to the joy of the Father. The one who says, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And what he says to you is, take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Take, drink. This is my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of all your sins. And where there is forgiveness of sins, there is life and salvation. And that is what Jesus gives to you, life and salvation. To him be all the glory forever and ever. Amen.